Welcome to the latest Pink podcast in the Pink Elephant podcast series, dedicated to leading the way in IT management best practices. Welcome to part two of how to take ITIL processes beyond a maturity level of control with Gary Case and Brian Price. Activities to move, you've got to have to put in place governance, continuous improvement. You also want to go on ahead and make sure your tools are there. So let's talk about some of the things as we, because one of the questions as you move down your ITIL journey and you start trying to say, okay, I'm going to move the maturity of my process beyond where I think, you're going to have to maybe do some justification to some certain groups because there's going to be a cost to do this, okay? And a lot of people, if you're in the one range or one and a half range and you may say, well, geez, that's pretty low. We don't want to share that with anyone. Well, that's your baseline. And in all reality, the lower you are in maturity gives you the better opportunity for improvement. So, and it's much easier to get from a one, one and a half to a two and a half or a three than it is to get from a three to a four. Okay? So there's a lot of effort in there. So you may have to be putting in some, I don't want to say a return on investment type uh, analogy because I think too many times people's always looking at a financial return on investment versus understanding there is a value on investment, a VOI as opposed to an ROI. But anyway, for management, you know, they're looking at increased customer satisfaction. That's a big thing for them. Are we actually providing the level of service that they need? Are we always bringing them down? They always think IT never works. They are always broke. And in some cases, that's absolutely true. Okay? It's improved resource utilization. And so in other words, implementing ITEL should not be about reducing headcount. I want to make that upfront clear. It should be about how do we better utilize the resources that we have today. How many projects don't get done? How many times do we, uh, we're spending all of our time firefighting versus planning? Remember, ITEL has a whole bunch of service delivery processes, and the output of those are plans. It's proactive, okay? And if we never get a chance to do proactive, we always continue to firefight. You also, they want to talk about reducing IT spend. What's the cost of IT? That's a challenge we all have. Is anybody saying, oh, yeah, you can have more budget this year, no problem? Now, they're usually always challenging us to improve service and reduce cost, right? Okay. That's just IT. Okay. And uh, so we always have that. And the first thing they look at is reducing IT spend is what is the number one thing on IT spend that they look at to reduce. This is the participatory part of the <laughs> section here. Well, it's awesome heads. effort here. Okay, yeah. heads. Yes, heads. Yeah. All right. Headcount. You know, yeah. that's what they're looking at. And, uh, you know, and, but there's so much other ways that you can actually go in there and start looking at how you can have your processes help support and reduce costs. Uh, availability management is a, uh, is a primary one, is that organizations often don't believe there's a cost of downtime or they don't understand what the cost of downtime is, uh, but all they want to do is reduce IT spend, continue to do that. Well, there is a cost to downtime. And one organization I worked with that argued this for two years because we couldn't put it in the business case because they refused to acknowledge it, finally came out and said, you know what, availability, reliability is pretty key because they just discovered through a whole assessment and uh, uh, study they had done, they're losing $9 million a month to downtime. Okay? That was a cost to the business. So all of a sudden that became important. So, but they needed improved management reporting. How many times do you get rings of paper that is about management information, metrics, scorecards, call it what you want, but nobody looks at it. 
is. No value to it, anything. So you have to take a look at that and really say you want better management reporting. In other words, I need information that I can make a strategic, tactical, or operational decision on at different levels. Strategic for management and business, and your individual contributor, the line manager, there's going to be the operational. So you're going to have different management reporting that has to be there. And that's a maturing issue also for many organizations that has tool requirements is that we don't get those, those reports on a consistent basis. And oftentimes that's because there's multiple processes and multiple tools that are being used. The business wants that improved availability, okay? They want to, when I hit enter, I want to get action. And this is getting more and more important as more and more organizations move all their products and services to web, okay? Just getting more and more. We have to just be careful. They want customer expectations to be handled. In other words, they don't want IT to basically try to set their expectations. And some of you in the room, I remember, I can look at you and you remember the good old days, okay? And the good old days was when IT told the business what they got, when they got it, how they got it, sat down, shut up, and enjoy it, okay? Well, those days are long gone. Now the business is telling us, this is what I want, this is how I want it, this is what I want to pay you for it, if I choose to want to pay you for it, and oh, by the way, I wanted it yesterday. Okay? That model doesn't work either. That's where service level management comes into play with being able to negotiate levels of service, cost of service, quality of service, so that we have the same expectations. But that's one thing that the business wants is to have that. Think in terms of all the ITEL books and everything that you hear about. Align IT with the business. Correct? We've all heard that, right? Well, have you ever heard about aligning marketing with the business, align sales with the business, align finance with the business? No. It's still because IT is struggling understanding the business and being partners with the business to help the business transform itself. We're still struggling, so there's still this alignment issue, but that's what the business is really wanting. They really like to do business with us, but they get tired if things aren't getting done. And that's why we have outsourcing today also. Now, don't get this, take this wrong. Outsourcing is a very viable way to leverage how you provide services. But there's two questions every business will always ask. That is, can I get this service somewhere else? And can I get it cheaper? And the answer to both of those is yes. Okay? Not saying how good the service is, anything like that, but the answer is yes to both. And sometimes the cost equation is simply a perceived lower cost because we truly don't even know what the cost is, because we haven't done some stuff around that. So somebody comes in with, I'll give you this number, this is what you get, they go, oh cool, at least I know what I have, and I can work with. So the business wants to do business with us, but we have got to be able to support them. Uh, individual contributors, these are the people, they're saying, you know, I really don't know what I'm supposed to do, I get told something different every day. So they want the defined roles, the responsibilities, and what's, what's their level of authority uh, that they're going to have there. They want less reactive work. They're firefighting. They're tired. Now, believe me, every organization represented here today, you have your heroes, right? They want to run in, fix something, and say, yes, bow to me because I am good. Okay? Well, you know, I've been in organizations where I've seen body, people fix, uh, break things so that they can come in and fix it. Seriously. Okay? They're individual contributors. We have to move out of that reactive and start rewarding people for following processes, and a part of that needs to be the planning aspect there. 
We need to make sure we're working on the right things. How many do you, uh, times do you have projects in your organizations today fully funded and resourced that have zero value back to the business? I've been in organizations where I've counted 22. Okay? I've been in, or, in organizations where we're having a business meeting and once uh, IT director says, well, you can get rid of those eight. Well, why are we getting rid of them now if you're already funding them and resourcing them? I mean, why didn't you stop this months ago if there's no value? So again, we want to make sure we're working on the right things, but then we want to make sure that we're doing things right also. That's your process. That's your process improvement. Documented processes and procedures. Tell me what I'm supposed to do. I get frustrated. I say, what's our policy? They say, you can't do that. And I say, okay, what's the policy? Give it to me. Uh, well, we really don't have it written down. Okay, tell me how I'm supposed to do this. Show it to me. Well, we talked about it on the phone. Uh, you don't have documented procedures? Uh, no. Okay. So this is what the line contributor is really wanting, that individual person. And this is what we need to do is to make sure that not only do we do it right the first time with our documentation, we communicate it, we train them against it, but we also look at that on a continual improvement basis. Because what we roll out today is not going to be perfect. I tell journey is about being better today than I was yesterday and being better tomorrow than I am today. And that's your continuous improvement that you need to take a look at. Brian, anything you want yeah, to Yeah, it's just uh, been my experience with managing an organizations. The, the bottom section there around individual contributors having defined roles, defined processes, procedures, not having that is quite often one of the highest drivers of employee dissatisfaction. Either you don't have a process or you've got a process you're forcing me to follow, which doesn't make any sense. I wasn't involved in developing it. I don't buy into it. And it doesn't really enable me to do my job effectively. So people get very frustrated with this bottom end if we don't have it. So getting these in place, you do that, it's going to drive up. And we're going to have alignment through all of these three areas. And we're going to have these critical success factors that management's looking for. The other thing is that to move this forward and really get past certain things from the uh, roles, responsibilities areas, that you need to engage HR because yeah. you need to engage them from the purposes of, and there may be a slide later that talks about it, but you need to engage them. You need updated job descriptions to talk about following process activities and doing what they're responsible for. Uh, you need to have performance plans embedded in, that stuff embedded in performance plans. Your performance appraisals better be addressing these key result areas or whatever you want to call of that you have now just put in there. And you better be rewarding for the new behavior, not the old behavior. Because two things I always like to quote people is what gets rewarded gets done, and you get what you inspect, not what you expect. Okay, And that's that individual contributor thing that we need to manage for compliance purposes. But unless somebody is understands the reason why and that they're being compensated on, evaluated on, and the expectation is that they're going to do this, they won't do it. They'll stay with this old behavior. One of the things that you always want to ask yourself is how mature do we want to have our process? Do we want to take it all the way up to level five? Does that make sense? And really the answer is on this slide here. The answer isn't a magic bullet, but it, the answer is you have to ask questions with the business. Okay? In other words, you need to know what's the value of a process to the business. 
How valuable is incident management in support of what you do? Okay. How important is, let's say, uh, Amazon.com? What do you think some of the key processes are that they would look at? That's a value to the business. Yep. Availability management, yeah. capacity management. Okay. Every Christmas, you can read in the paper just about weekly some .com who sells all their products that had some hiccup because they had more demand than that they could manage. And capacity problems create availability problems, which then leads to someone going to the next site that they can get to with one click. Okay? Is incident management important to them? Yes, but is availability capacity maybe a little bit more important? So if we do the right design, we minimize what? The incidents. Okay? Now, I'm not saying that it isn't, but you have to look at that. Uh, continuity management for many organizations, based upon where they are, can be very important to the business. Okay? And for other organizations, it's not that important, right or wrong. That's their belief. So you want to look at the maturity of a process in relation to what's the value to the business. If you have a process that's important to the business, but it's immature, it's going to be in the risk area. And that's the challenge that we get into, is that we cannot afford to have a lot of our processes that uh, create that risk scenario. If you have a process that's real mature, but there's low value to the business, you're over-investing in that. Okay? That could be through resources, that could be through all the activities you have, that could be through the technology that you put in support of it. And again, if the technology is taking a lot of uh, the people components out of the equation, then that may work out okay. But you have to have a balance here. Okay? In other words, you always have to go back and start measuring to the business how important is this particular process because it's going to change over time. How do you change your, how you deliver your services and products is going to drive your technology requirements, which is then going to drive your process requirements. So you need to manage in that kind of a manner. So you want to have a balance in there. Now, that's not to say that you can say, I'm going to get everything up to a five. Maybe you need it to a level four as opposed to a five. Five is very expensive to get to. But in some cases, that's where organizations have to, to go to. So it's a balance that you want to really manage to. Yeah. Right? And this, is, as Gary's mentioned, will vary from industry to industry, business to business. And there's only one way to find out where you need to be here, is that's to talk to the business. Because what we see in IT is important isn't necessarily what the business sees is important. Okay, let's talk about the dot-coms and the Amazons and the Ebays. I mean, <clears throat> if you're in the financial services industry, I'm looking around to see people's buttons, which I don't see on very many people to see what industry you're from. Ah, there we go. Thank you. Yeah, show um, your buttons to yes, everybody. That be, should be the message of the week. There's going to be a reason for those later on, so make sure you're wearing your buttons. Um, how many of you do your banking primarily online today? Yeah. IT continuity management important to you? You want that site to be up? Yeah, for sure. And there's been some horrendous examples over recent years. And I won't name which one, but one of the major national Canadian banks went virtually down for almost a week. It wasn't quite down, but it might as well have been. And uh, they figure the cost of lost future business to them was just unbelievable. So talk to the business, find out what the business wants, and figure out where we need to be here so we're not wasting our efforts on things that aren't important to the business. 
Can anyone in this room spell socks? S-O-C-K-S. Where do you think that's going to drive? Okay. Yep. Change management, config management, release management. It's going to drive it up because it's all about control, and that's where you get the control. Change the config, releases your active process. They build, they test, they implement, but you have to have separation of duties and all kinds of things from that perspective. Part of also what you need to do is make sure that you have a transition to production strategy and plan, and this is what I'm moving uh, talking about when you're moving stuff out of the uh, program and projects into an operational environment. Somebody needs to take over everything that has been done as part of the programs. In other words, you have to ask yourself, okay, who's responsible for actually doing continuous uh, improvement? Who's responsible for updating the documents? Who's responsible for identifying new tool requirements? Who's responsible for modifying the tool? Who's, uh, who's going to be responsible uh, for developing any new training? Who's going to be responsible for delivering the training? you got new employees coming in. How do we train people? And this is just not about ITIL processes. This is about your change management process and what is their role? How do they follow the change process? What are they accountable for, responsible for, consulted on, and informed of? So you have to have all of these different areas identified that some person or group needs to be responsible for that. Who's going to check for compliance? Who's going to do the management reporting? Who's going to be doing the analysis? These are all things that need to be taken into consideration when you move a process into a production or operations environment. You had a program structure that had program managers, project managers. You may have had uh, some core team members that handled communication, which is another thing that doesn't stop when we move it into production. You still have to communicate. We had a number of people that had been resourced to do all of these things, the design team members, all of that, they go away. Who does it in the real world? And it may be some of those same people that were on the program and project because that's now part of their new job description. This is part of the activities they get uh, measured against. That's about, uh, you know, rewarded on. So it could be some of those same people, but we need to have this set up ahead of time. Thank you for listening to part two of how to take ITIL processes beyond a maturity level control with Gary Case and Brian Price. Please join us next week for part three.